Welcome to another episode of the AbilityNet podcast. Disability, technology, inclusion. I'm your host, Robin Christofferson, Head of Digital Inclusion at AbilityNet, a pioneering UK charity with a mission to make a digital world accessible to all. Join me on this series to revisit key themes from TechShare Pro 2022, a place where accessibility professionals and allies gather once a year to share and learn together. You can download a transcript of this episode from www.abilitynet.org.uk slash podcast. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage and let's get started. We are back. It's another AbilityNet podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, Mark's here again. Hi, Mark. Hi, Hi, Robin. Mark Walker, Head of Marketing at AbilityNet here, and is generally the brain behind TechShare Pro. And we've been listening to TechShare Pro sessions for the last several weeks now. Really brilliant content. We would encourage people to go to our website or techsharepro.com to check out this content, really, really good stuff. Now, this one is uh, talking to the C-suite. These are the big guys, the big decision makers. Tell me all about these sessions because there are a few. Yes. Well, this is this was our kickoff session um, and has been for the last couple of years. And I, I really think um, what we're going to hear from is the chief executive of HSBC, the UK chief executive, the chief executive of Channel 4, uh, the leading um, accessibility leader in HSBC, Marley, um, and also Caroline Casey from the Valuable 500. Now, what what this sort of collection of pieces um, brings out really is how we're shifting the story in terms of accessibility as part of disability inclusion, which is as part of the diversity and inclusion story overall, that, that, that is coming from the top down now. And... Um, we think back six years to when we started TechShare Pro and even longer that you and I have been working at AbilityNet. Now, we, we really are being asked by the C-suite to do this stuff now. It's, be, it's being built into business plans. And what you'll hear from these segments is, you know, not only why this is important, but also how that's being implemented and the resources that are being put in place to make it happen. Um, and, and just one mention, when you get to Caroline's um, piece around Valuable 500, um, you'll hear me saying that we've worked together and she's been in, appearing in TechShare Pro for several years. I think there's a real momentum now that we didn't have before. And, and that's why I love having her in just to hear just how quickly those changes are happening at that level, how seriously these organizations are taking it. She was at Davos a few weeks ago, Caroline, since TechShare Pro. She, mm-hmm. she popped up at Davos with more news about Valuable 500, more news about how they're pushing forward and they're talking there about making the data real and really sort of holding to account these these claims that the C-suite is making. You know, we want, we know we're going to be the most inclusive. We want to do this stuff. We're really getting into the, in, into the detail now and saying, right, how are you going to deliver that? And I, I think these three sessions really illustrate how seriously they're taking it, but also the role of accessibility and inclusion professionals in getting involved in that story. Brilliant. I can't wait. Let's get cracking. Morning. Hello. Welcome, everybody. This is TechShare Pro 2022. I'm Mark Walker from AbilityNet, and I'm really uh, pleased to welcome you to our first session. Um, And uh, at the start of uh, three days 
of, of conference and community building and connecting up and learning and sharing. So I'm really pleased that you've joined us. We had over 1,500 people sign up, uh, so we know there's a huge uh, interest in this topic. And uh, we're back again to do some more of the, the uh, good stuff that we've done over the last six years. This is the sixth year that we've done TechShare Pro. So I'm hugely proud of everything that we've done, and I hope you have a, a good three days and learn a huge amount from, from what we're doing. Um, I've got two guests with me here uh, who we're going to have a, a very brief introduction and then we're going to crack on with the, the keynotes. So Christopher Patno from Google, Marley Fernando from HSBC. Um, Christopher, uh, lead sponsor this year, thank you so much for all your support. But um, it, it's a strange time for accessibility, I think. We were talking about this, uh, just the changes going on around us and particularly in, in the big tech companies. Yeah. Um, so the next three days is, I think, about community building, and I think that's probably a theme, isn't it, to try and connect and join up and support one another. For me, it's one of the things that's most important about the work that we do. We are better together than apart. You, you have companies like Google, Apple, Microsoft coming together for something like the Accessibility Speech Project, which we'll talk about tomorrow, or just simply trying to push the st standards forward, trying to make things easier to do, make it better for everyone. And we do this together because no one company, no one organization, no one charity can do this by themselves because the world is a big and complicated place. And by working together, we have that chance to do it. Coming together here for Share Pro, we get to learn together. We get to learn the same stories, the nouns, the verbs. We get inspired by people. We, we get to learn what not to do from the stories of other people. So it's, it's a really important way to really dial in how we want to, to behave, how we want to teach, how we want to grow. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, Marley, uh, fantastic to have HSBC on board as well. We obviously work together really closely, AbilityNet and HSBC. But uh, uh, as Christopher says, it's a complicated world. And your world in banking and finance and all the services you're doing, millions of customers, it's, it's a hugely complicated business to be in. But accessibility for you is right at the heart of the work that you're doing. So can you tell me a little bit about where that is? We're going to hear from your CEO soon. He's going to, he's going to be bigging up all the work you're doing. But uh, from, you, from you, your point of view, these three days, how does that sort of fit into the jigsaw stuff that you're learning and working on? Of course. So look, I mean, it, it's an absolute pleasure to meet folk like Chris. You know, we benefit from some of the work they do upstream in terms of being able to supply services to, to our customers. We've got 40 million customers around the world. Financial inclusion is imperative. I think... You know, organizations, particularly banks sometimes, uh, have to realize the privilege we have, the ability to either provide greater independence or take away independence from an individual. And that's really important. Financial independence lends so much to, to everybody else. As an organization, we've got a very bold and simple uh, vision. We want to be the world's most digitally accessible bank. And to be really explicit, we want to be the bank of choice for disabled and neurodiverse customers. And we want to be the employer of choice for disabled and neurodiverse staff. And, and earlier this year, we wanted to see how we were doing. So we came to yourselves to say, look, how are we doing across the world? And, and I think we, we asked the question in our top 13 personal banking markets, tell us independently how we're doing. And look, I'm really proud to say in, in 11 of those top 13 markets, we're the most accessible website. But it isn't about being the best. I think what's more important is, particularly in Asia, Latin America, and the Middle East, we are possibly the only digitally accessible bank. So that means, actually, if you have certain types of disabilities and you want to bank online, you don't really have the same sort of choice that you do in places like the UK, yeah. in, in the US. So we have a real obligation not just to do the right thing by our own customers and our people. I love the spirit of community. And you know, some of the things we'll talk about over the next few days is how it is we are giving our stuff away. And, and we want to really open source our skills expertise. We are by no means perfect but we really want to open up what we have and give to the world. We're not asking for anything in return. 
Fantastic. Thank you. And so um, what we've got first, thank you so much, both of you. What we've got first is um, an, an amazing start. Marley, you helped make this happen, so uh, it's fantastic. We've got Ian Stewart, who's the CEO, UK, UK CEO for uh, HSBC Bank, and Alex Mahon, who's the CEO of Channel 4, talking about why they and their businesses invest in inclusion. I think it really sets the scene for, uh, exactly the, the stuff you're talking about, Marley. Why, why would you do this? Why, why is this important? It creates the, the starting conversation for us in our work as a community. So, um, roll VT. Hello, I'm Ari Latif and welcome to this opening session uh, at TechShare Pro 2022. I'm very excited. I've got two amazing guests with me today and we're going to be talking about digital inclusion, diversity, accessibility, all those lovely, lovely buzzwords. So, um, first of all, we've got uh, Ian Stewart here uh, from HSBC UK. He is the CEO of HSBC UK, so it's an absolute pleasure to have you here, Ian. And we've got uh, Alex Mahon. Uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. I've checked on YouTube a number of times, so I hope that's okay. And Alex is the CEO of Channel 4. Uh, welcome both um, to this session today. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks very much, Addy. Thank you. So um, today's a discussion. We're just going to have a little discussion, and I've got a couple of topics um, we're, we're going to be um, discussing. I've got a few prompts. Um, just to, to kick off, um, as business leaders, what value do you place on digital um, inclusion, disability, accessibility, um, and the need to make your services accessible. So um, if it's okay, uh, Alex, are you happy to kick off with that? Yeah, I am. Um, well, first of all, as you know, part of the mission and the purpose of Channel 4 is about making real and positive change. And it's about representation in society for people who are not always heard, you know, particularly the underrepresented and people who are treated inequitably. And clearly there's a massive fit um, with disabled people in the UK there because we're not in a position as a society where there's equal understanding representation yet, although we hope to do that. So for us, that's about, of course, how we communicate with the public and access services and all of that. But it's also about changing hearts and minds in terms of how we represent in programming because we have the ability to make an impact on audiences and people across the UK. And of course, it's also about our own workforce and, and what we do for colleagues there. I think that's uh, it's great you understand it's um, for your your customers, but also for your colleagues. And I, I think um, a lot of the times that, that can be forgotten. It's outside and inside. Um, Ian, um, how about yourself uh, at HSBC? Um, what's what's your drive for accessibility? What, what's, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, Andy, thank you very much. Well, first of all, we've got a very simple purpose in HSBC. If you go onto any of our websites, you'll see the words opening up a world of opportunity. That's the purpose. We want to open up that opportunity for all our customers. We've got 15 million customers in the UK today, but at no point in that purpose does it say that it's not available to people with a disability. We're, we want to open up the opportunities for everyone. And it's quite interesting because when I got involved in the Ability Network in, in the bank here, 
um, I was it was really prompted by, by the fact that I've got four children, three of whom I've got a disability, and I did products, different services. So from a customer perspective, the whole challenge for us is to make sure our customers can get access as easily as anyone else to these products. But then once you start to really scratch away at this subject, you realize that most people pick up their disability during their working lives, so between 18 and 65. Um, and we have to adapt to make sure that people can, as, as they pick up disabilities, move to products that suit them. So it's a really interesting challenge. And then it goes all the way around to how do we look after people in the workplace with disability. And it's there's some obvious stuff like how you amend their chair and how people sit at their desks to people like me who, without my glasses, I can't see anything. So are we giving people the right apparatus to enlarge their print? And all these simple things that a few years ago you maybe wouldn't have thought about. So it's, it's exciting times, but it's, it's hugely challenging. I think Alex just touched on it there. We've you know, we've really got ourselves into this mindset now of, hold on, how will people access this if they've got a disability? So it's challenging. But I think we've made a lot of progress over the last few years, and technology has played a key part in that. Thank you. Thank you. That that mindset, is that is that um, at Channel 4, Alex, is that something that um, keeps you up at night at times as well? You know, how are we going to make... Um, accessible obviously there's quite a focus on digital we're becoming a digital first world and so to make your digital accessible is that something that is um you know on your mind at channel four is that something that you, you do spend time um and research into looking at yeah i think um it's always about the question for us is always about how can you do better and how can you do more and how can you try because I'm really lucky it's like part of our job how can you try to set the standard or put the bar higher so let me give a like couple of examples for that of course we like are about 100% of subtitles on our shows that's that's what we should be doing um, we've got a lot of audio described programming also what we should be doing and then of course we also have programs which are signed particularly important uh, for those who can't access elsewhere but then what's the what's the next step <laughs> but you know how many of the shows how do you balance them? what do you add to those services i think that to some degree is like relatively simple because you can set a target for it things that you can set a target for are a bit easier as a <laughs> when you're running something <laughs> the harder stuff is how do you make sure that colleagues are treated well in the business? So how do you make sure that people are really uh, taking into account access requirements or our staff are really aware of how to be inclusive? That, that's the much harder work day to day in organizations, I think. Are people really making reasonable adjustments? Do they know what reasonable adjustments they should be making have they understood things from the perspective of others? You know, have they understood how hard it is to get someone to come to work with you as a signer and, and what that might involve and what the struggle might be like for someone to get that? Um, the stuff that is um, incredible that galvanizes people, though, is where we do things like work on the Paralympics, because we have the power through that um, to change people's minds. So, you know, since we've started doing the Paralympics, 84% of Paralympics viewers in the UK said that the coverage has helped improve their understanding of disabled people. So, so that's immense. We have a massive privilege. And I know HSBC do too when they do advertising campaigns and other things. We have the 
privilege and the opportunity to change huge amounts of people's minds and connecting that back to our own staff and what we do on air is important. And, you know, we've been able to do things there, not just through that show the athletes, but we've moved to 100% of the presenters on the last Paralympics being people with a disability. And we're moving to the crews behind the camera, like 30% or more people with a disability. So that starts to change things throughout the system. It takes time. But those sort of things are the things that starts to change minds throughout the UK. Yeah, I think that's in, it's incredible because a lot of the times in, in the disabled community, people are used to non-disabled people talking on their behalf and delivering them services and to actually have disabled people involved, um, you know, behind the scenes and, and to be able to deliver such amazing, I mean, the, the Paralympics were just an incredible feat uh, on TV. It was just absolutely amazing. So to have disabled people as part of that, because, um, you know, I know I'll never be a Paralympian, um, but if I you know work behind the scenes on something then there's you know there's 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 hope there so to provide that opportunity is is incredible um ian is i mean um you know alex has mentioned uh some some of the great work that that's that's happened uh at channel four is the things that you're proud of at, at hsbc um and and you know is there any sort of value you've seen from the accessibility and disability related work that's that's taking place let me give Sainsbury's a shout out here. When, when I think back to where we were as a company uh, or an industry, even an industry, in 2012, I, I think we were poor. But we really learned a lot from what Sainsbury's did for the Paralympics back 10 years ago. I mean, it sounds like, feels like yesterday, but it's, it's 10 years ago. And that gave us a jolt that we thought, well, if they can do it, why can't we do it? And I think this is great. And that's why we share so much information. So the things that we've been doing, and we do it, we've done a lot of the things that I would say are now sort of like that, that just gets you, it's like, it's like table stakes, you know, making sure you've got the, the right support for people with disabilities, all that. And the products, be it braille on the cards or little bits out of the credit cards so people know which credit card it is. These are all table stakes. Then you get into the more complex area, which is how do you hire people into your organization who've got disabilities? And we've really struggled with that, you know, because a very standard process, you go online, you fill in the forms. If you're disabled, that can be really difficult. So I'll give you an example. For a lot of people, when you, you've got to do identification, upload your driving license. A lot of people with disability don't have a driving license. So at that point, they come out of the system. So we've had to really look at some of the ways we recruit people. And if you had my team in here today who, who really do all the, the great work behind this, they would highlight a few things that we've managed to do in the last, I would say, six to 12 months to make that process easier. So trying to make it short and to the point, and then from there, marry up the skills that people have got with the opportunities that we've got. And, and so far, we've had some really good success with that. But you know, I'm not at the stage of celebrating it yet because I, I still think we've got a long way to go. But I think in the next year, maybe two years, We'll have many more disabled people right across our network. Uh, and I, I really look forward to, to seeing the results. And as I say, I, I would say it's going to be more of a two-year program. Lovely. And, and um, that, that's really important. It's really good to see that it is quite a challenging process, as quite a lot of organizations find 
recruiting people with disabilities, but you know, you, you seem to have got the right advice and, um, you know, you're, you're making ground in this area. Alex, I mean, you mentioned, uh, earlier that, you know, you, you, you've got a lot of people within, um, Channel 4, um, when, for example, when you're working on the, the Paralympics, disabled people working for you. How was it for you to recruit disabled people and what was the kind of approach that you took? I think um, in terms of recruiting them into the industry, uh, we work with specialist agencies. So I work with a whole um, program that we run called Four Skills, which is about bringing young people into the television and media industries. Um, they have been traditionally fairly exclusive industries in terms of people's background um, for all kinds of reasons. In fact, the only industry that's been more exclusive in terms of background, class, etc., has been um, medicine and law, which is shocking when you consider, I mean, the media shouldn't be that complicated. It's really just working out what people want to watch on telly. Uh, it's hard, you know, <laughs> all kinds of people should be able to come into it. But that's how it's been. So Four Skills is a program that is like getting to 15,000 young people a year. And we are very much over-indexing to people for whom the industries have seemed inaccessible. So people with a disability, working class, people from uh, the nations and regions, different ethnicities. That's our focus, as you might expect. Um, but we work with a load of specialist agencies who help us bring in uh, the brightest and the best and ensure that we're creating the best possible conditions for them to be a success in the industry. And often they work with us and then they go on. So we have a creative diversity team that reaches out and does that. I think that the sort of differences that we make, and Ian touched on it there about the difference it makes if someone's working in a branch and they're in a wheelchair, because it's not just the difference it makes to them, is it? It's the difference it makes to everyone they deal with who suddenly adjusts their preconceptions. It's not that they're necessarily prejudiced, they've just got preconceptions. So those are the differences. And we've just introduced this thing called um, the Disability Code of Portrayal, which is a, a first in the industry, which is about focusing on changing the representation of people with a disability on air. Mm -hmm. So moving from perhaps what we've seen before, presenters on the Paralympics, presenters in the last leg, to thinking about how we strengthen on-screen representation, casting disabled actors in disabled roles, but also portraying well-rounded characters. So moving from perhaps the character being about the disability, which we would, you know, call the obvious, to much more realization of presenting the disabled on air. Yeah. Because the truth is it's like 22%, one in five in the UK, are people with a disability. But when we look at roles on air, if you look at advertisements, and we did a big study, only 4% of TV advertisements in the UK feature a person with a disability, and only 1% have disabled people in a lead role. So you've, you've got to like run the data, set the targets, work harder. We have to work harder as organizations to recruit. But then the impact in terms of how you change perception and how we make society a fairer place is quite spectacular when that pays off. It's amazing. We, we work with a lot of companies where we try and help them with the ability now. We try and help them with their accessibility strategy. And um, a lot of the times it's passionate people in an organization. They might not be very high up in the organization, but they want to make it accessible and inclusive. They face barriers a lot of the time to, to, to get themselves heard, to get buy-in from, from the top. I mean, is there... Is there any sort of advice you would give if someone wanted to get the attention of the people at the top to get the budget, to get the resources behind it? What, what's the best way of doing that? 
Well, I'll tell you how it works in our organization. Usually, and I'd say nine times out of 10, somebody has an idea. And if they've, if they've been blocked somewhere, it pretty quickly gets up to my desk. And I will try and release the energy to, to make it happen. And we're working on something right now, which I mean, I, th- I think it's a terrific idea. So we've got various health plans in the organization. But for not a lot of money, we, we, we can give people screening at a much younger age. Uh, and it's kind of the arguments because somebody's come with a really good debate and argument on this. It's it's now more a case of, well, why wouldn't you do it? It it's, it, it does cost money, but it's it's so good, and it'll be so good for our colleagues to be have access to this. It's it's just a sensible idea, and most of the most of the ones that come, they're really good, sound, logical ideas. Now, don't get me wrong. You will get some where you've just got to make a really tough call and go, we just can't do that. We, it's not enough gift. It's too complex. But most of the time, people will come up with the solutions and you can make it work. The big one is always, can we can we afford to do it? If, if somebody wants to completely rebuild a campus, that gets quite expensive. If you want to completely rebuild your IT infrastructure, that's quite expensive. So you've got to sort of park those ones and, and make sure you focus in on what we can sort out here and now with you know goodwill and good judgment, and honestly, I, I I'm always blown away by just how good the ideas are that come up to my desk. I suppose I would say, um, I might say this because I'm in this business. Try and tell a story, because disabled people are valuable, and generally, some of the problem is ignorance that leaders don't realise that, or they haven't come across it, or they don't know someone, or they don't have a relative, or they haven't realised. So try and tell a story about a particular person or someone that you know or someone that could make a difference because often that's what kind of um, melts the ice and brings someone into it as a leader. Uh, that's what the difference can make. That's what we try and do with stuff on air, right? You know, um, Rosie Jones, we've got on loads of shows. Once you've listened to her, you realize she can be really funny uh, and people wouldn't have realized that before. They didn't believe that someone with cerebral palsy could be like that. It's the individual things where you, you meet one person and then perhaps you realize that you haven't been giving people a chance. So tell a story so that people realize how valuable individuals are. Wonderful. Thank you so much both for, for coming on and having this conversation. It's been really, really invaluable for me. Um, I probably should be asking lots of other things, which I haven't. So, um, but hopefully we'll keep the conversation going and thank you so much for, for coming along. That's fantastic, isn't it? What, what a brilliant way to kick off the conference, those two uh, very passionate leaders um, just talking us through where, how it all fits for them and their big, you know, the big organisations that they're, that they're leading and where it fits into the jigsaw. Um, so you know, I cast my mind back six years to the beginning of TechShare Pro and a lot of work that we did at that point was trying to make the case for accessibility and inclusion. I think we've moved on from there now. I think the world around us has changed for lots of obvious reasons. Um, but hearing those leaders and hearing them talk about uh, the similarities and differences in their organisations and what accessibility means to them, I think that's a kicking off point for us. So I'm pleased to say Marley's uh, still with me, and I've also got Adi Latif from AbilityNet, who you will have seen uh, talking there to the leaders. So, um, Marley, we've just seen uh, you know, the CEO telling us that the work you're doing is important. Um, out on the, out in, out in the we've got everybody working in a similar business to us in the accessibility industry. So how do you translate that buy-in in in, in a sort of nuts and bolts sense into activity? What does it look like when you're doing the work that you're doing? Um, And I think the other bit, we were just talking about winning the hearts and minds. You had 
That's a key part of it, isn't it? Can you tell us a bit about where that fits into the, course, into the plans you're working on? I'll ask you your second question first, if that's all right. Um, the hearts and minds, arguably, is as important as the technology, right? You know, I remember when we first started doing these things and, and trying to make the bank accessible, the questions I used to get were quite interesting. You know, what is digital accessibility? Can somebody who's blind really use a smartphone, Mali? Why, why do we have to do this? Can't we, can't we get to it at some point in the future? And then... Uh, I met this uh, handsome gentleman on my left, uh, Adi Latif, and, and the two of Thank us, you. Uh, you know, started kind of quite literally with, with some of your other colleagues like Robin Christophson, changing the culture. As I always say, if you win hearts and minds, the ones and zeros will follow. And that's really important. And, and, and Adi and I do a simple double act. You know, we talk about the what, the why, and, and what the bank is doing, which, which I'll speak to in just a moment. But actually, bringing disabled customers and users into your organization and demonstrating the power of good accessibility, but also what a barrier bad accessibility can present, whether it's banking, whether it's airlines, whether it's something as simple as doing your grocery shopping is, is really powerful. I don't know, Adi, if you want to add to that before I kind of get into the sort of practitioner's view. Yeah, I think a lot of the times people, when it comes to accessibility, can get a little bit confused. That you know, It can be quite a technical thing, but the little... I guess demonstration I do in, in some of the sessions I've had with you at the bank is just simply just showing someone, hey, I'm blind, uh, eyes don't work, but if I touch my phone screen, uh, it talks. And look, I can use this app, it works really well. Oh, but look, this app doesn't work. So I'm still blind, I'm still using this talking phone, but this app doesn't work. So this is a digital barrier I'm, I'm facing, which is making disabled. So I think that's the point we make. It's not, I'm not disabled because I'm blind. I'm disabled because my needs as a blind person are not being met here. And so I think, I think that's what we demonstrate in our sessions quite well. Indeed. And Mark, in terms of specifics, you know, we've got sort of five or six very simple pillars to our strategy. The first is, you know, user research. You have to have disabled and neurodiverse users mm -hmm. who are part and parcel of your process, all the way from our brand to how it is we build products and services. Training and awareness, you know, I think, Addy, you and I did 50 or 60 events last year to about 15,000 yeah. people. It wasn't <laughs> bad, was it? We no. should sell tickets. <laughs> um, but also providing the right technical skills, right? This isn't the kind of thing that's been taught in, in universities. You know, we, we have, you know, thousands of developers across the world, and they're coming in with, without these skills. So actually, we train about 2,000 people a year. And an offer I'd like to make to, to the audience watching us here is, actually, look, we are by no means perfect. We do not have all the answers here at HSBC. Well, we've been on our own journey, and very much like, you know, some of the other speakers and the concept of community, we recognize we're in a position of privilege because we are able to invest in this space in a way that some other organizations do not or cannot. So actually, if you would like to learn, if you would like the training, the knowledge, I would like to offer that to your organization. We do not ask for anything in return. We don't want your commercial accounts. We don't want any publicity. I don't even want a LinkedIn post. Um, if you want to tell us actually how this has benefited somebody, whether it's a customer or one of your employees, just so that actually we're able to partake in the pleasure of, of making a real difference, we, we, we'd love to hear about that. The third is, look, change the DNA of the organization. You know, we're making our comms accessible. We're changing our procurement process. And that's particularly important because ultimately, while these might be fintechs or third-party products and services, these are ultimately our customers and our people. But we also recognize that when we take a really strong stance with a supplier, 
we benefit other organizations who buy the same platform or service. Mm-hmm. And then look, we, we, we do a lot. We're making our own internal systems accessible. This is really important. We, we employ a quarter of a million people across the world. 7% of our UK workforce are identified as being disabled. We want to make sure that every employee, respect of their disability or ability, gets a fair opportunity at HSBC, not just to come in and do a job, but to thrive. And lastly, this is part of our policy, right? Um, it doesn't come down to an individual in terms of, you know, do you agree with the concept of digital accessibility? It doesn't matter. That conversation is, is beyond us. This is just simply how we do business. We will be accessible. Otherwise, we are not going to launch something. Um, and really, what I'd love to do is, you know, continue to work with some of the fantastic people at this conference, but also offer what we have to, to the world. Because actually, as Chris mentioned earlier uh, on the segment, this is really about a community. It's a partnership. It isn't about one organization trying to do, you know, solve all the world's problems. Yeah, cool. Fantastic. So, Caroline, it's brilliant to see you. Um, this is uh, another virtual event, sadly. Um, we met when you came to London for TechShare Pro 2019, which is just one of the highlights of um, what we've done with TechShare Pro, really, all those amazing people in a room. We have yeah, got some amazing people in the room with us here. They're the virtual room that, 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 that we're going to be joining. Um, but it's three years on. And w- what's happening in Valuable 500? You're a year beyond the big announcements uh, last year. Where are things at for you, for you guys now? It, it, you must be turning a corner into a new sort of a phase of your work. Yeah. I, I, well, first of all, it's great to be back, though. Um, three years ago feels like seven years ago in some ways. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as, as I was saying that we are sort of 15 months out from achieving the 500 and building that unique global collective, which I believe is the second biggest collective in the world after UN Global Compact. Um, and really to have the accountability of the CEOs in it, that makes it, it fabulous. But where are we? Well, now we have to go deep, right? So what do you do with this collective? Building it was a campaign to end CEO silence and get build in C-suite accountability. And now we have this extraordinary, powerful collective, which is like 22 million employees and 64 sectors and 41 countries and all the big Yeah, and so where are we? So how do we use this community to deliver impact? So we're having the really hard conversations with ourselves. You know, what we thought we could do, and you've, we've done a year's nearly action research with our companies and with our iconic companies. And it's that kind of place of, what, yeah, but is that good enough? Is that really going to drive the system change? So we're at that point of saying what's really working and going towards the hard pieces and not just doing things for the sake of doing things. Do you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's tough conversations. We're knee deep in strategy. But what I think we've really come to own is what is the very thing that we can do to drive systemic change or not to maybe to catalyze systemic change. And I think what we can do is work on synchronized collective action of our 500 against two or three big barriers. And, you know, if I had said this two years ago, I go, that's too little. That's too little. (laughs) Well, actually stop, focus and go deep. And yeah. I think that's where that's where we are now and really trying to find those areas where a company at any level, whether it's beginning, scaling or leading, can be part of that 500 synchronized collective action. 
Well, and, and I mean, how far do you feel we've really come? We, you know, we, we we're both immersed in this day in day out. Um, we're, we're through the pandemic, as far as we can tell at the moment. There was a big sort of explosion of empathy that we all talked about this time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a lasting effect of that? Is stuff drifting backwards? Do you think? In the broadly in your barometer. Oh well, I think. Look, don't don't we all agree there was some there was empathy for sure, but then there was also a dialing back on, you know, when we've got to realize in the UK alone, six out of ten people who died from COVID had disabilities. We we heard about the non-resuscitation clause, you know, people with disabilities couldn't get the access to things that they needed for their life. So in some ways there was in business where we saw business accommodate i'm doing air quotes here for everyone and we looked at everybody's needs and we could move to remote working we started to understand what captioning is and it is a crime against humanity to go online caption so those are some good things but in other things we we saw still the lack of valuing the disability community as a hugely powerful community um, and a valuable part of the community so where i kind of think we are is I think we are all challenging ourselves, aren't we? It's it, look, we don't want to have poster child or man and woman for uh, in front of a camera. We no longer um, are willing just to tolerate. Oh, we might consider doing an accessible conference. There is a lack of tolerance now, I think, which is brilliant and is really pushing and forcing change. I see disability certainly more in strategic conversations. And I was saying to you, the word disability and strategic. Like, when did that actually happen and people didn't roll yeah. the rise to heaven? That's actually happening. We are seeing CEOs really put money behind it. We are actually seeing companies put global disability leads with budgets. That's the good stuff. Can mm. I give you the bad stuff? In our valuable 500 companies, only six of our companies have chief accessibility officers. We know that only 8% of our companies all text and Twitter. So, I mean, there's, it's like this all the time, but what I yeah, do yeah. think is happening, we are now in the rooms, some of the rooms, right? We might not be taking up all the space, but we're pushing. And I think the young, that young generation as well, don't underestimate it with social media and language and a sense of pride and honor. There is that dimension has very much changed as well. Yeah. We, we also said about the tech community and the stuff that we're familiar with in, in tech chip. So I think there is this accessibility uh, connection is maybe softer for some people than it is in other more competitive areas where we may not see people joining up as easily across commercial uh, boundaries. And, you know, TechShare Pro has benefited from a sense of community within the accessibility world. Um, as much as AbilityNet has directly in terms of the work we do on our own. Um, and I think that's part of that saying, you know, there's the good news stuff part of the picture, isn't it? We're beginning to see more of those things come to fruition. Reading yesterday about um, Google, Apple, Microsoft, I think, working on voice technologies for people yes. with um, different accents and so on. So, uh, I mean, and, and in TechShare Pro, we're obviously looking ahead to how we connect up and work together. That's that's the point of the the whole conference is to bring people together. Um, so I guess in terms of um, your next steps, how, how are you going to create that sense of community? Are there steps that we're going to be able to do to support that? How can we work to enable the Valuable 500 mission? Are there particular things you can see lining up for us to get behind? 
Well, so once again, I often think about this idea of convening behind or putting energy behind one or two, three things. And as I said, that's you will hear what we're calling our companies to do and the communities. Um, I think to your point, I think accessibility um, and digital accessibility has we have used that as an, a really strong entry point into the broader work across the value chain. It's because it's a place what is because of digital acceleration and uptake. We're all experiencing that and that sort of design in hopefully from the beginning. So you're probably in the strongest position. You, you, the community that you are, the way that you work together are not only a brilliant and an exciting example of collaboration, but it's what we need to see outside your work as well. And when I think about there's a brilliant piece, I can't wait till you all hear, uh, L'Oreal and Google will be announcing an incredible piece of uh, inclusive um, digital beauty, which will be coming out. And you see that kind of collaboration. I'm really excited to hear that happen. Yeah. But I also want to just give a cautionary note. We did a piece of work with Tortoise. There's two statistics that terrify me in this. A third of our FTSE 100 companies still do not have accessible websites. You know, and, and not compliance is a dirty word as far as I'm concerned, but that is just insane, right? It really mm -hmm. is ridiculous. And the other one is the issue on self-ID. We have to get underneath this because can you believe in our FTSE 100 companies, again, there is nobody from in a senior leadership position above who's identifying of having a disability. Now, that is problematic. Um, so I think there's a piece we've got to focus on what we're seeing as a good place to learn off, which is a lot of the work that you do. But we have to look at why are we not having cultures where this where disability is being covered and hidden? You have the choice to or you want to. And what, what is hidden is not dealt with. And that's incredibly important. Uh, I, I think we have to keep our eye on that always. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's been great catching up with you. I know so much stuff goes on in our separate worlds that crosses over in loads of different ways. But just catching up even now, just reminding ourselves, hey, there's loads of work to be done. This conference for us is obviously something that comes up once a year for us to pull a load of things together. You're doing that all the time through through the Valuable 500. Um, anything we can do, where the community belongs in, in your world, you know, let's make sure we keep building those bridges and making sure that we're we're sort of headed in the same direction. But it's been wonderful catching up with you. And I, I think you've given us a rallying cry for the next three days worth of work. You know, it's wow. you've got a long way to go. We do. But I just want to say for everybody in the tech share community and anybody outside it, I think we need to take an example of what you do and how you collaborate, because that scarcity model at the expense of somebody else is very, very heightened at the moment. So the more that we can prove that collaboration does work and is yeah. beneficial to all, um, I think that's where we're at as a world and a society right now. So I just want to say it's brilliant to see the work you all are doing. And yeah, let's look at the next year ahead and see what trouble we can cause. <laughs> brilliant. Lovely to see you. <laughs> Take care. Brilliant. That was so good. Um, disclosure, full disclosure, I'm a massive fan of Caroline. So yeah, she's I just she? loved Force that session. Yeah. <laughs> she's so brilliant. Well, I mean, and, and you know, uh, when I think back of, do you remember she turned up at TechShare Pro in um, 2019 when we were in yep. Google? <laughs> and um, I remember talking to her beforehand. She's actually really slightly scared of technology, I think. She's not so yeah. much now, but she said, look, I'm coming to a tech conference. Well, how, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. I think she realizes now that it's actually a disability event, that clearly that's the core purpose behind the event. Mm -hmm. um, but the distance that she's traveled with Valuable 500, having all of those senior 
leaders buying in and, and, and now clearly sort of pivoting to some extent and saying, right, we're going to hold you guys to account. You need to deliver on these promises. Um, I mean, it's fantastic being alongside that and seeing that change that she's bringing. We're mm-hmm. part of the Valuable 500 network. We're, there's a directory and, and, and we're, we're in part of that. We're, we're, we're part of the community that they're building globally to bring expertise together, to share knowledge um, with other others in the community, other suppliers and other organizations um, within this space. Um, and, and, you know, so much of that emanates from Caroline and her approach and the values that she brings to it and the personality that, that you know, that we all know and love. It's brilliant chatting to her. She's so inspirational in that way. Um, <laughs> and it is definitely about technology because it all has to start, or at least it relies on sea level buy-in. You know, you need yeah. the support at the top for the stuff to happen on the ground, for it to be sufficiently prioritised, for the right products and services to be inclusive, and for digital accessibility to be prioritised and, you know, reflected in in people's lives in the products that we use every single day so totally and i'm sure she got that very quickly and she was a massive hit then and she was this year as well and i'm sure at davos too and let's not forget that that segment started with the chief executive of channel four and the chief executive of hsbc saying this is really important we're really (laughs) invested in this we understand this we're interested in it it's part of the work that we're doing every day uh, so, you know, I, I think that segment is fantastic. If anybody's wondering whether or not anybody's taking this seriously, you know, outside our choir, the way that we say, you know, we're preaching to the choir and the accessibility community, those guys are telling us that this is important and we need to be listening to that and responding to it and holding them to account and doing the stuff that needs to be done. I, I, I think as an opening sequence for TechShare Pro in 2022 that, you know, I just remember giving myself a little hug at the end and thinking, this is brilliant. <laughs> we're really pushing on here and, you know, we're part of this conversation that's uh, really making the world um, sort of sit up and listen to the stuff we're talking about. So, yeah, I, I, that's fantastic. I couldn't be prouder of that particular mix of stuff we've just heard. Amazing. Fantastic. We're done. Thanks, Mark. Uh, and we might be speaking together on next week's or next time's podcast, or it might be other voices. Who knows? But Who knows? we will see you guys then. It's great to catch up. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the AbilityNet podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can make your websites and mobile apps more accessible, easier to use by all, and compliant with current legislation, you can speak with AbilityNet's accessibility experts. Just head over to www.abilitynet.org.uk slash accessibility hyphen services. Thanks again for tuning in and more hot discussions around accessibility will be coming soon.